Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Spooksters, and welcome back to another episode of Stabby Snippets here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely gal pal, Jessica. Hey! I am going to be telling you about the Savannah Spurlock case. Originally, it was a missing persons case up until last week. Unfortunately, now it is a murder investigation. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and walk us through here. I just... I was really shocked when I was researching this, so I had to kind of get that out of the way, so sorry for the spoilers, but yeah, here we go. So on January 3rd of this year, Savannah borrowed her mother's car, and her mother's name is Ellen, to have a night out with a few friends. She is a mother of four. She had also just given birth to a set of twins that December and was said to have been going through a very difficult time of her life. She was, I believe, in between jobs and just had some other stuff going on. So her mom wanted to give her a break, which, you know, if you're a parent, shit, even if you've been through a hard time in your life, sometimes you just need a fucking break. So I get it. So when Savannah still wasn't home at around 3 a.m., Ellen called to check on her. But at first on that regular call, she had hung up on her. They kind of she was annoyed. She didn't want to talk to her. But shortly after that, Savannah had called her back on FaceTime to confirm that everything was okay, And then she would be at home in a few hours and she'd have her car and all of that good stuff. During the call, Ellen noticed Savannah was in a car with two strange men who were hollering and telling Ellen to chill out. This would be the last time that Ellen ever saw or spoke to Savannah. The next morning, Ellen went into a panic when she realized that Savannah was still not home. She had called Savannah's cell phone and it went straight to voicemail. She checked on her social medias, but there hadn't been any recent activity. This also alarmed Ellen because it was not like Savannah. Like most of us, she was super active on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, all of that, and there hadn't been any posts, any updates, nothing. So later that night, Ellen called the police to report that Savannah had been missing. According to friends that she went out with that night, they had dropped her mom's car off at one of their houses before they headed out to a local bar over in Lexington called The Other Bar. And this bar is right next to the university in Kentucky. You know, that's pretty normal. Like, everyone will just either get an Uber together or ride in the same car. So everyone's in a group. Mm Mm-hmm. I really like the name of that bar. (laughs) The other bar. Because that would make it very simple. Be like, where are you going? The other bar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So soon after arriving at the other bar, they met three men. One of Savannah's friends left early due to having to work the next morning, and the other one stayed with Savannah for a little bit longer. Now, it's said that Savannah's other friend said she wanted to leave soon rather than later, but allegedly Savannah wanted to stay until closing. Then, not sure exactly what it was, but the two girls got into an argument, which eventually led to Savannah's friend leaving her there at the bar, which I have to pause for a second and be like, people, you do not fucking do that. 
You do not leave your friend at the bar alone. Mm -mm. Men, women, I don't care which gender. I know a lot of these people online and in articles and news outlets are being like, girls, don't leave your pals alone. No, men or women, nobody. You don't leave your friends alone. You go in a group, you leave in a group. Right. Also to add to Tara's PSA, like, don't go to the bar alone. Oh, that too. Like, if you're meeting some, like, if you know you're meeting someone there, that's one thing. Yes. But like, don't go out by yourself. So it's confirmed Savannah did not know these three men before meeting them that night at the bar. There she was left with no car, no one else, just her and these three guys. So there's actually video footage of Savannah leaving in a car with two of the men while the third one followed behind them in a truck. Authorities asked for public assistance on identifying the men in the surveillance video that they had picked up. About 18 days after Savannah went missing, the police were finally able to identify the men and have an interview with them. According to the men, they went back to David Sparks' house in Garrett County, Kentucky, which is about 40 minutes from the bar where they had met. So according to Sparks, the other male or the other males had left and Savannah stayed the night in, at Sparks' home, but she slept in his bed and he slept on the couch. So they were in different rooms. So with this stuff, there's a couple different versions. One is he was woken up by her asking for the address. He gave it to her. He went back to sleep and whatever. The other thing was he woke up to her asking that and then she supposedly left on foot. But keep in mind, she had no car. She had no extra spending money. She had no jacket. And it's January. Mm -hmm. So is that. But either way, she supposedly was gone the next morning. Now, there really wasn't much going on with this case over the next, essentially next six months. Oh, no. So we're going to actually fast forward to in our time, because today when we're recording this, it is the, it's July 19th. So we're going to jump forward to about a little over a week ago to July 10th. So the police received a tip from the parents, actually, of Sparks, stating that a foul odor was coming from their property on Fall Lick Road. Police searched this property before and they were sa have said to have found nothing. Unfortunately, this time things were different. Like I said earlier, this turned into a murder investigation. The police described the remains as being concealed in a trash bag with a rug beneath the ground in a shallow grave that was only 19 inches deep in a, quote, unnatural position with her body folded in half, unclothed, with her hands and feet bound with tape. Savannah was identified by her fingerprints and tattoos. The cause of death hasn't been released yet. The autopsy results are still pending from the medical examiner, and I even checked right before recording, and we still don't have anything. But we do have some more updates in regards to David. So, of course, at this point, David was taken into custody. At this point, the parents had nothing to do with it. Yes, it was their property, but it was more like... Essentially, because I watched a couple things and also read some stuff, they started smelling stuff. They called an attorney and then they called and the attorney was like, we need to call the cops. They called the cops and the cops came out that night. Mm. So Monday, June 15th. So literally just a couple days ago. So David, who is 23, appeared in Garrett District Court for his preliminary hearing and a detective working on the case testified as well. Sparks is charged with abuse of a corpse and tampering with physical evidence. Detective Ty Chavez with Kentucky State Police testified that Savannah went to Sparks' home on Price Court on the night she disappeared on January 4th, like we talked about earlier. And Sparks told authorities the same story, that he fell asleep in a different room. So all of that stayed the same so far. And what's interesting to me, and I know you're going to be kind of like, 
okay, what the fuck? Detectives actually found blood in Sparks' home and it matched Savannah's DNA. And this was actually found back in April. I don't know if it was just one of those things where it was like it wasn't enough to really do anything with it or what was going on. Um, It was just really weird. I actually didn't find that much in like too many articles. I actually saw it on like a YouTube video of like somebody else reporting on this case as well. So that's just kind of perplexing to me because April, that's three months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know what's the deal with that. There have been less evidence that have had people arrested. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Weird on that. Little bit. Yes. So detectives also found evidence at the burial site on Follick Road, which matched what was found in Sparks' home. Uh, they believe Sparks went to his parents' home on the evening of the 4th, and then he would return early in the hours of the morning on the 5th. So basically, they think, like, he killed her at his house, which was, like, two miles away, brought her back over. I mean, we can kind of have a little quick discussion after. I don't think so because they did a search right after this happened over on their property and found nothing. So I don't know. This is a weird one. So the detective also testified that Sparks texted his sister on January 4th asking where she bought a rug so he could purchase a new one. And he would be seen on a surveillance video at Walmart in Richmond showing him he purchased a rug too. And he was accused of basically that was the one to bury Savannah. So we will see how that goes. Now, the case was waived to a grand jury and Sparks is being held without bond. The judge said his bond will be reviewed. Again, right now, they don't have a cause of death or anything like that. As it is, the update with his preliminary hearing was this article and all this info was updated just today. Mm. So this is still ongoing as far as this goes. There's no murder charges or anything at this time. So I think they're kind of just waiting on the autopsy and things like that. At least I guess her family is going to start to get answers. I did watch a couple interviews because I did a couple statements. And, you know, that was the biggest thing was her mom was like last month. She's like, I pretty much knew if she wasn't home by then, that's Mm -hmm. that probably was what it was. She's like, so now we can get our closure and everything. And then also uh, they are going to be having in our time. It would have it should have been, I believe, this week had her services and everything. The only other thing that I found strange, which I wanted to note, especially for you, because I know like when I find these ones like this, like you always go in rabbit hole after (laughs) her friend that went to the bar with her that left her. She made a statement. And I know it's like one of the worst things ever because you and I we've lost a close friend, you know, but she just said, you know, it could have been worse. But I'm like, how could it have been worse? Um, No, your friend died. I mean, I don't know if she just meant it like we could have been left without answers forever. Like, I could understand that. Maybe that's what she meant. But at the same time, I was just like, wait, what? Right. So I don't know. I would say look that up and watch that as well. It'll be interesting to watch it unfold. I don't believe that they have talked to the other two males as of yet, but it'll be interesting to see if he's done it himself or what. And then even in the press conference uh, with the police, they did ask, do they think she was alive and maybe killed more recently. And, you know, they can't really comment on anything until they have some more information and whatnot. So this will be one I'll be updating you guys on. But like I said, originally it was going to be a missing persons case that I did this week and it took quite the turn. So if you have any thoughts or comments on this, I would love to hear what you think about this case so far. Um, I'm going to be keeping an eye on it. And then once I get a decent amount of information for another update, I'll be coming at you with another episode on Savannah. 
Do you have any any thoughts off the top of your head about it? I mean, you guys see like how much we talk about true crime, like just on our podcast. But what you don't see is literally the hours <laughs> of conversations Tara and I have about true crime. Mm-hmm. And especially she's correct when she says I go down rabbit holes. Like I will watch documentaries. I will watch like hundreds of hours <laughs> of like stuff on cases. Mm-hmm. I'm so crazy about wanting to understand what's happening in cases. I'll be like doing other things like work or something. And I'm listening to a YouTube of, or a documentary on a true crime case. And um, it absolutely blows my mind that they found her blood. They identified it as her blood or any blood. Like even if they couldn't identify it as her blood, the fact that they found blood that they couldn't identify as people living in the home. Well, what I also found interesting was they made a point to be like, you know, it wasn't blood that they could see. They had to use like like a chemical, so I'm assuming like luminol or something. But even right. still, that wouldn't take that months to figure out that's blood. Right. That would be more suspicious to me. Like, mm-hmm. here's how like I wouldn't see something as suspicious. Obviously, they came into the home early on, correct? Correct, yeah, because that's where she stayed the night, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they didn't see any traces of blood. Mm -hmm. So they obviously cleaned it up. Right. Which is hiding it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they found it through a, like, a luminol test means that they are highly skeptic that this person didn't have anything to do with it. And they went back and they found, they found it. It's, like, one of those things, like, with, like, making a murderer, essentially, like, that kind of rabbit hole for me, Mm -hmm. is you have evidence that wasn't there and now it's there so i'm suspicious on both sides i'm suspicious like did the cops just not do their job the first time around and they were like oh she was here but she left oh good job you know like they didn't really do their job or is this some sort of like okay we really need to figure out where this is and i'm gonna go back and either i'm not above saying it a plant evidence b maybe do their job the way they were supposed to the first time and then I just like I get it like I get that being a police officer has to be intense especially detective work because you have to do everything but these people are trained to go into situations and understand how to look at an entire crime scene and a lot of times I think that police officers they make a decision and they stick with it not because they're bad but because they feel like they they need I mean think about it like this When we say something in the news that, like, horrifies us, we have to somehow put logic to it. You know, like, the shooting in Aurora, Colorado, that guy was mentally ill. You know, things like that. Like, that's what people have. Like, when there's police-related shootings, people are angry at the police. So we somehow can connect a logical thought to an illogical action. So I think that's what happens a lot of time in police work, and I don't think it's necessarily their fault. Right. Well, and you know, too, it's it could be that and it could be the pressure of just trying to find an answer because it was this beautiful young mother who has been missing for six months. You know what I mean? So I get it. I get what you're saying. So, you know, like it's tragic and it's terrible, but I hope that they're able to uncover the the truth. I'm glad that they were able to, you know, her family was able to get some closure and I hope justice is served to the correct person or persons. Oh, definitely. And then I was going to say something about like the fact that they found the body on their property now. Yeah, it was. His, yes, it was his parents property, which is about two miles from his house. OK, and they had already checked that scene. Yes. To me, that means the body was moved. Yeah, that's what I think, too. That's it's either one of two things. It's either 
the body had been moved or maybe she didn't die in January. Oh. Because when he was asked that, he couldn't, he didn't give an answer of, do you think she was killed within the last 24 hours from like the press conference or from when they found her? He didn't give an answer. So we don't have those details yet either. Right. Because that's a possibility as well. Right. I mean, like, I don't know. There's so, like, you know me and I'll go down a conspiracy rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. This mini-sode could turn into an a whole episode, but we won't. We won't. I'm going to rein it in because this is going to trigger like a whole other thing. And I know you know what case I'm thinking of when I'm going to get triggered yes. about. So I'm just yes. going to not going that way. We going to rein it in. I will keep you guys updated. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's going to wrap it up here for our Stabby Snippet today on Savannah Spurlock. Like I said, if you guys have any thoughts, comments, concerns, articles, ideas, feel free to drop it on our social medias and let us know your thoughts. Obviously, we have tons. So that's why this second half of this episode kind of turned a little bit into a discussion because we had to. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be all we have for today. So we will see you on Monday for our regular episode. And you guys have a great day. Bye. Toodles. Toodles.